everybody, and welcome to another episode of a very special college football podcast. Um, Tonight, we are actually joined by a very special guest. Um, We have Spencer Hall with us, um, and also Ted is here from Tailgate Society. Uh, Emily is our co-host slash producer. So everyone here yep. at Tailgate is brought to you by Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce has been with us since the very beginning. We started four years ago. They are amazing. They're set here in Iowa in the Midwest. You can find all their recipes and products on deadeyebbq.com. Fairway and hy They have a new museum. They have so many great sauces. We have mango, which is my favorite. The hot sauce, barbecue, and the regular sauce. They have new superfoods, which is guana and dragon fruit. And I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the other ones because I will murder them, but they are amazing. Check out deadeyebbq.com and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart. Under the tailgate side, we have amazing podcasts like Matinee Baseball, We're Not That Drunk, Culture Check, Fortune Corps, and Bitter Units. Check us out. It's an amazing assortment of people from around the country just trying to do our best and avoid thinking about the world on fire. So, yeah, that is the spill. You should definitely check us out. We're great. And I'm not always just stuttery, so I apologize. Uh, so tonight I want to talk to you guys about the fact that we are kicking off this week on the season that probably never should have been. Um, but Hey, we're doing the thing. So, um, there were a few games last week. Um, everything seemed to go. Okay. A bunch of blowouts. Um, I guess my first question is for you, Spencer. Um, you know, how do you feel going into this thing? Do you think it's going to last more than a couple weeks? I think I think the results will be uneven because everything in college football is uneven. No one's in charge of it, and nobody has a central strategy. And that's that's not going to change. We don't have any owners or any outright owners. So one league could ostensibly cancel, and then you could have another conference that is, you know, <laughs> hammer down. We'll try this no matter what. And a staggered start, I'm all but guarantees that you're going to get something like that. You know, we are here on, as of recording, September 10th, and the SEC still won't kick for another three weeks? It's uh, roughly September two weeks and a half. Right. Yeah, September 22nd. Yeah. Math Someone is said today that we've had 10 games. Tonight will be the 10th game played, and we've had nine games canceled, I think. I think either 9 9 or 10 yeah. 9. Like, yeah. So, and we're, I mean, we're, me and Emily are big 12 fans. So, like, we, I'm just going to kick out the fact that, like, like, nine years ago, Big Ten tried murdering the Big 12. And now Big Ten is like self destructing. And I just get to sit, sit back and, like, watch it because I don't care because I hate everyone in the Big 12. And sorry. And it just, it's amazing to me. Like, that's, that's, I'm, I'm a bitter person, Spencer. I hold grudges. Oh, I, I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh just yet. I think the college football history has proven anything in the past 20 years. The big 12 will always be clown itself organizationally harder than anybody can possibly imagine. So I, I think like the whole big 10 players thing to me is it's one of these things that happens when you don't have enough people properly scrutinizing the reporting communication that goes involved because this is the biggest story. It's not. It really isn't. This has become more of a story that people can write about because they have nothing to write about. And in reality, the noise made by the people involved is so much louder than the actual clatter and clamor to play. There are a lot of people in Big Ten who don't want to play. Ohio State can complain about it all they like, but ultimately athletics departments and coaches and players complaining about this have nothing to do with the decisions being made. Nothing. They're, they're, the presidents, uh, the oversight boards, committees, and governments are going to have a lot more pull and a lot more say in terms of how this happens. The rest is just um, y'all family podcast. The rest is just bullshit. Oh no, we are not family podcast. I, I express I haven't. Okay, yeah, no, it's complete. It's good. No, it is. It is utter and total horseshit. And this only happens when you have a new weak commissioner. Uh, who gets a serious trial in his first year and does something that, you know, makes Ohio sad. I'm sorry, sadder. It's a, sad, it's a, it's a really yeah. sad, unhappy statement. I, I don't tell you, we have, uh, we've been talking about conspiracy. We think that the uh, coach day is actually sure, sir, yacht or whatever his name is. And it's his burner account. And if he's just stirring shit. Yeah. Up. Like, yeah. Like I, you know, 
questions Brian Day is, is asking about, you know, why students, why, why student athletes at Ohio State can't play. That's not a question for the Big Ten. That's not. It's a question for people with a way higher pay grade than Kevin Warren. <laughs> I couldn't even say what Kevin Warren like, looks like, but I just feel like he like is regretting every day that he wakes up. Now, I'm sure he's getting paid millions to do that. To me, I shouldn't give a crap about buggies. What can, can, can I tell you my favorite thing? You know these yes. like, protests at the Big Ten headquarters? There's nobody in that goddamn building. <laughs> Nobody's in the building. <laughs> well, who are they yelling at? <laughs> They're just like, in case you doubt that this isn't just like really like mildly savvy manipulation of people who have nothing to report on by people who have very little to complain about. That's what this is. They're in front of an empty building making a hollow protest with like 30 people, including like 28 dads in cargo shorts. Whoa, you whoa, whoa. Are we slandering cargo shorts in this podcast? Yeah, I'm gonna slander. I'm yes. gonna slander. Listen, I'm yes. just gonna say this. There's a correlation. It's not a specific. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the cargo short. But if I see 28 dads in the Midwest protesting something, I'm gonna guarantee you there is a three percent chance that I am going to give a fuck about it. Right? <laughs> like that's it. Like I'm like there is that whatever cause that these 28 dads in cargo shorts are rallying for, I guarantee you blanket bet money on the table. I am not going to care about it. Like they're like, ah, bring back, bring back, you know, two and a half men. Like that's, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> that's what they're going to be passionate about. So, so far moved on to that. What, what was Kushner's new show on Netflix, the ranch or something? I don't want to, I don't want to upset any of the positive ranch. I mean, maybe, there. you know, maybe if they're like, yeah, rewatches of the Sopranos. I'm like, well, no, that, that I can support. <laughs> like, yeah, speaking of big school, I just started watching The Wire for the first time two weeks ago. I'm one season in, and I'm just like, the Twitter Twitter's going to spoil it on Twitter to be assholes to me. And I probably should have spoken <laughs> I about mean, this on Twitter on this podcast. What, so what like, do you, uh, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions as somebody who's watched The Wire. <laughs> what do you know happens in The Wire? I know, I know that the person that everyone loves dies in a really shitty way because pop culture ruined that for me years ago. Okay. That's about, that's about it. He's a, by the way, I'm firmly on Bomani Jones' side here. He's a sucker. <laughs> there are way cooler characters in the wire than Stringer Bell. That dude is a sucker. I wasn't talking about Stringer Bell, but now I'm really worried about him. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't spoil a 20 year old show. No, I get like, it. I, get I love. It. I love watching this because I realized that I did a really half-assed job watching The Sopranos the first time, and somebody will die and I know that they're already dead and it will happen. And I'll still be surprised. Like Richie April gets killed by, by um, Janice Soprano in, you know, season two. And uh, I was like, no way. Even though I knew the scene was coming, (laughs) you know, like your emotional memory is so far back behind your factual memory that you're still surprised that these things happen because you're like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I remembered it wrong. Could have happened. Yeah, it's like I'm a big Breaking Bad fan, but I'm afraid to rewatch it again because I don't want to see Hank again. It's, it broke me like more than any other character in the show. And I'm not a big uh, Better Call Saul fan. And like, if something happens to who's Saul's girlfriend, I can't think of her name right now. <clears throat> I don't have it for you. <laughs> I haven't watched enough uh, of it. No, and I, I have, you know, I've, <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never seen Better Call Saul. Either, oh, it's so, so good. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. So, I'm sure. Before I get too distracted by the whiskey, and I know Tammy's too shy to ask, I was supposed to ask about the drunk in Boise story. I think my friend Derek was there with you that day. He but... might have been. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't remember. Because that was a very, because um, that, was, that was just after the loss to Nevada. Yeah. And we were broken. Like the whole fan base was just broken at that point. It's horrible. <laughs> like, it's like the, I, I ask you as a Boise State fan, that's worse now, right? Like oh, the yeah. longer that goes, like in retrospect, that was worse than you remembered. Yeah. No, I just admitted maybe last year that the, sh- the gold poise posts are actually fine. They weren't short. It was <laughs> like, they actually missed. Like <laughs> it took me that long. And now, yeah, I mean, 
No, I was just going to say, like, you can't do anything about running into the greatest, like, the greatest pistol offense of all time. You can't. No, There's no. like, like you ran into Colin Kaepernick and Vitawa. You're going to lose. It was ridiculous. Everyone would have lost that. Killed that. Me, the thing that killed me was like one of the greatest passes that Kellen Moore ever completed happened mm-hmm. just before that kick and mm-hmm. nobody remembers it. <laughs> no, no. Kellen, <laughs> Kellen Moore will never, Kellen Moore really cannot get enough credit for, cashing a good million dollars worth of college football greatness on a hundred dollars worth of talent, just braining his way into, I watched him in the Georgia Dome, Georgia Dome versus the Georgia Bulldogs on a home field, ostensibly in Atlanta, Georgia. And I watched Kellen Moore just play with a grown man's mind because the defensive coordinator would flash one thing and he would just look at it and go, nah, audible. And, and and completely, No, he, he just he just brained Boise State into a win. It was absolutely stunning how much they would not defend a simple Texas route over the middle. But but with that game and with, like, and with Boise and the drunk thing, they were all very sad. So they took it out on alcohol and they took it out on me. And I made the mistake of mixing because if you don't, you know, there's different drinking standards everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And in Boise, the standard is to drink like a minor. <laughs> everybody just drinks like a minor who just got their paycheck um or you're more yeah, that's accurate that's accurate. really not a lot in between I mean, is that, I mean does that seem like a fairly good read on boise yeah like you we're a very split personality kind of town you either mm-hmm. drink enough for you and the mormon that isn't drinking next to you or not at all yeah yeah it's the same amount of alcohol as a normal town it's just <laughs> distributed differently right <laughs> yeah this was also the era of four loco so um, the original I remember, four loco, not the yeah, crap that they put on. Yeah, OG, yeah, OG formula four loco, and I, I remember drinking some of that. I remember drinking some local vodka, and then I remember very little. I peed in a mobile home that had a toilet with the University of Idaho logo on the bottom of the bowl. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting there thinking. I don't hate Idaho this much. I don't even know anything about the <laughs> University of Idaho. Like what? My malice seems displaced. Uh, then, uh, we still hate them. Like we haven't been rivals in ten years. We still fucking hate them. <laughs> doesn't matter. Us. No, like like the most savage internet fight I've ever seen was on an old EDSBS thread about the Kibby Dome and its funding, and a, and I think it was just like eight people fighting, but they were ready to shoot. <laughs> They were ready to kill all over no, it, all over the Kibby Dome. Is that, the, is that where Idaho plays football? So I used to pick them. Yeah. I used to pick that as my home stadium in NCAA, I don't know, 10. Remember I created a school because I was like the yeah. Idaho Tech, like, Lushes or something. And I had to wait for it to even begin <laughs> as my mascot. So I got to sit on the corner and drink a bottle of wine in a bag. Yeah, right. no. <laughs> that that place the Kibbe Dome is a, a fascinating place, man. It's it's like a I don't know, you it's something you would store tractors in like 30 years ago, except for they just kept building onto it and laying down things and putting in seats. <laughs> so it's it's really unique in that it's an accident no one has ever had the courage to call an accident. And that's I admire that. I admire everybody. <laughs> I admire everybody going along with the joke and just assuming that the world would play along. Um, but yeah, the, I remember at one point I got, it's one of those things where you go, I got so drunk that dot, dot, dot. At one point I was at a bar with Jared Zabransky and his wife. Oh, that had to be an experience. Cause Z is not the most popular dude in like Boise bar culture. There he had a pe- tendency to like demand drinks out of people that didn't go well. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I, he was, he was fine, you know, but I did have people while I was hanging out with Jared Sabransky come up and tell me he sucked. So, <laughs> which is the most like, I, that is one of the more college football experiences I've had or like Boise fans going, Hey, that's Jared Sabransky. You know, he sucks. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what are y'all even doing, man? Uh, uh, he broke our hearts so many times. Like he threw five picks at Georgia and that was it. Yeah. He, he was great. The festival and none of us ever forgave him. <laughs> I have, I have a thought on that. So Spencer, since we were talking about how Tim is a Boise fan and since Boise's not playing football and she's a member of the tailgate society, 
she's decided that she's going to be an Iowa State fan this fall. Okay. I need the entire breadth of the experience, right? Like I've done all the winning. So we'll go experience <laughs> the other end. Well, I, I, I think you picked a weird time to do that because Iowa State's pretty good. I know. You know, I've been like trying to tell Ted the, for three years that they're you good. Pick, you picked like the most atypical time to be an Iowa State fan. Because Matt Campbell has them in the kind of shape where I think they're as good as Iowa State can be, which means like the world's most dangerous eight and four team. <laughs> like super disciplined, scouted to the gills, really, really together in every single aspect of the game with I think my favorite kind of talent, which is college only talent. Like I don't think Brock Purdy's gonna come out of Iowa State and light up the combine but you sure as hell don't want to play him in a noon game in November because he's really, really good at what they ask him to do. And also they just get guys who can do like, you know, eight different things who kind of fall through the cracks, which is very Boise. You know, they, they get a guy like Spencer Lanning who, um, you know, at one point I believe was playing fullback linebacker and they even had him like throw a pass in a game at one point. Yeah. Right. Like they just they do all those things to make life as difficult as possible given the resources they have. And Matt Campbell, I think Matt Campbell wanted to give that a substantial run. And I think he wanted to give it a respectable run without just kind of, you know, overnighting it and spending a year or two there, like a lot of Iowa State coaches do. But he's got to pull the ripcord on that at one point. So you don't you don't want to you don't want to get caught out there. Well, you don't want to be Snyder and just be there for eighty five years. In the in the stadium after him, I think it's a real long bet to assume you're Bill Snyder. No, I don't. Like that's like, like so far. You, Bill Snyder's only been Bill Snyder. So yeah, yeah, I mean, and Bill Snyder did it with you know his tricks were pretty obvious. Everybody's a JUCO. Everybody's gonna you know everybody's gonna be an overgrown tight end that we either slim down to a wide receiver or a safety or a cornerback, or we're just going to beef you up and make you into a, um, you know, lineman, or maybe we'll put you at quarterback. That happened like for a decade. They just had converted tight ends at quarterback, right? So you, you have to have some tricks and you have to stick to them and you have to be really good at them. Also, you have to be able to pad the schedule and, you know, the big 12, the big 12 can do that. And I just don't think Matt Campbell wants to get stuck there because assuming you're that guy, is uh, I understand betting on yourself and that's cool. Don't bet on yourself to be a legend. Like, honestly, if you're a young coach, don't get caught out there. I'm more worried about him going to the NFL than I am any other college team. Really? Yeah. I just mean, outside of Ohio state and, you know, Ryan Bay is doing the uh, burner on sure yacht. So he seems pretty busy right now. Like Mm -hmm. he's from Ohio. He he coached there growing up. I guess he's not going to Michigan, like maybe Notre Dame. If Brian Kelly's done killing people out there, um, sorry, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't. He's gonna go like to the Browns or some crap because he's like he likes being that CEO. Like he's a crazy dude. Like he just doesn't like. I guess like I remember like first thing he did when he moved in, like he basically put a bathroom and a shower in his office. He just doesn't leave. Like during his four year, he doesn't leave. It. There's, I don't know how. Like the wildest dude in the history of college football coaching to me is Steve Spurrier because. He never did that, and he made two really sorry programs really good. Right. Three, actually, because South Carolina, historically speaking, is sorry. They were a really bad program. Go look. Like, they have – South Carolina has one conference championship in the history of their program, and it was the ACC in, like, 1969. I wouldn't know what that feels like. World War I hadn't happened the last time Iowa State won a conference championship. Like, like they're still battling on horses. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. I don't like happiness. I'm cool. Like, <laughs> like we bought six straight to Iowa, and now we can't play Iowa this year because Big Ben's shit shit down my pants. Like, it's awful. It's cool. I'm I'm glad Tammy's gonna have fun with us. I'm like she was talking about that Nevada game, and I'm like, imagine like getting four of those over ten games, and that's an Iowa State fan. There's four four games where. The worst possible outcome. Like I was discussing that before you on this weekend. Iowa State is versus Louisiana is the quote unquote game of the week, and I'm like, I don't want to be the game of the week. I don't want to be the team that's probably going to lose to some Sun Belt contender. That sounds awful to me. Give me 
Western Kentucky Tech don't give a shit. Like, I don't like this idea. Like, that's a good question. Like, do you want to be the game of the week or do you like don't want to be the game of the week? When you're like, you you're always game. want to be the game of the week. Always. You're a boy and you don't count. You don't know what I'm saying to lose. You look <laughs> yeah, there's very, there's very little anxiety for you, for you there if you're a Boise State fan because you're used to being the game of the week and you're like neck of the woods. But yeah, I don't know. The pressure's there if you're the big ABC game, though, right? I don't know. It always seemed like Boise needs that in order to. If you're not on the stage, right? Nobody sees you. That's mm-hmm. how I've always felt about it. So I have ABC very, game would know about that either. Yeah, I have very yeah <laughs> that <laughs> that that Fox that Fox two thirty Eastern game. Yeah, FS one four o'clock. That's our mm-hmm. done. Yeah, uh, the one where they show no shots of campus. That's my favorite thing about Kansas State, <laughs> Iowa State, about anywhere where the campus is, you know, they're just going to buy. I've seen one Kansas State campus shot ever. It was a shot of some concrete bunker looking building. And I think the producer <laughs> realized they'd made a mistake and did not show any of the rest of campus. He's literally like screaming and I'm like, give us more corn, all the corn. <laughs> yeah, just show the, just show the, show the actual cows that are within striking distance of Bill Snyder of uh, the Snyder family stadium and stick to that. That's what they decided to do. I, as a Florida fan, I always have like very specific, do you have time slot superstitions? I do. Like I'm, if we are the noon game, we're screwed. Like if it's oh. the new sec game, we're like something bad's going to happen. I do a podcast called drunk dialing where we take call in, call in shows. And every single time that I was at that night game and we have discussed doing a call in show, like right after the game ends, they are mm-hmm. 0 and 8. 0 and 8. Like, yeah. We won't even, like, me and my group of friends won't even discuss. We, like, we all know, like, if the game ends good, we're going to do the podcast. But we will not type the words in. Hey, drunk on Saturday, I was just kicked off at 7. Won't even, like, enter our, won't even enter. Like, they lost a, who was it? Oklahoma. Ohio State in basketball. Friday night, NCAA tournament, 9, nine o'clock kick or tip off. Lost. They're a four seed. Like, no, all night games are bad. Unless they beat Oklahoma on Thursday. I'm cool. Nine nine games can work. That's like, nine games fine. That can go either way. The 3.30 game, because, you know, being an SEC fan, that 3.30 game on on CBS, that's that's the deal, Jack. Like, that's the one you want. (laughs) Like, if you're going to annihilate somebody, you want to do it on CBS. Like, I want Gary Danielson to begrudgingly admit that somebody other than Alabama is real good. (laughs) <laughs> that's my that's my favorite thing um you know like it, it's i know that losing to lsu stunk for alabama last year but it didn't happen during the three thirty game so that's fine it only happened at night and it happened you know it happened at night where anything can happen if you're playing lsu at night but it wasn't the three thirty game you lose that three thirty game that's a skunk you just gotta sit with the rest of the you gotta sit with it for the rest of the night also, that's the one that like all the hillbillies watch. So like they're all going to watch that three thirty game, and if you lose that three thirty game, then every radio standard SEC fan knows exactly how bad or how well you did. Um, that that's the one. And if it's like a Thursday or a Friday night game, I don't remember. I don't think Florida's like, like I can't remember the last time. I think we played Kentucky on a Thursday, and that was bad. Like like playing Kentucky is never fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Like because even when we win, we win in like really fluky ways that feel. That make you sick for Kentucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, life being you sucks. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> like, I really, and I say that, like, I admire Kentucky fans. I admire the hell out of Kentucky football fans, right? Basketball fans, I, they, they have nothing to complain about historically. But in terms of football fans, if you are uh, like, like Trill Withers, Tyler, I am on Twitter, like, that dude is a Kentucky football fan. And, yeah. and like, last year, Last year is like one of the best years ever because they had one amazing player and he was all they needed. And it just simplified life for them. Like, Hey, we're going to go like, we're going to go like eight and four behind this dude. Who's a wing T quarterback. And I think that was like, I think that was his thrill. Like beating Florida was real good for them. Cash Daniel, like mm-hmm. doing the stone cold, pouring the beers on himself, like on the field. That's really cool. And everything high of a, Lynn Bowden just throwing nine passes a game and running every other snap. I think there was, there was something really pure and comforting to them about that because they're like, well, even if we lose, man, we're going to lose with that guy. We're going to do it in a real predictable way. Yeah. 
probably been 10, 15 years. What was that year that uh, Kentucky lost on a Hail Mary that like they bobbled against somebody? Was that Florida? That they lost on a Hail Mary too, where the guy like, No, them? you're thinking of the Bluegrass Miracle. Yeah, and I was at a bachelor party, and my guys with his brother, who's the best man, was on that Kentucky team, and I got drunk and I like, asked him about it, mm-hmm. and he was like, "That's like he's like it was a that was, that, that was, that was like worse than death." And then we go back to the hotel, and my dumbass asked about it again, and he picked me up and threw me to a bed later that night. Like I'm not small, but like I found I'm like you don't like don't bring up shit like that. Apparently, <laughs> like, no, remember, and, yeah. They also that was uh, the head coach at the time was Guy Morris, and they had already doused him with Gatorade when that happened. <laughs> never, ever, ever like that. And LSU, Texas A and M two years ago are just living proof that you never, ever, ever ever break out the the uh the gatorade early ever make sure zeros on the clock that's an assistant coach losing his job about it so i do have one question that i asked on our other podcast from that drunk and i want to make sure i asked it to you because i feel like you're not a really amazing question answer it is if you were a, if your essence was a scented candle <laughs> what would it smell like and what would the name be oh man because mine is Early morning, stale Vegas bombs, and it's called Ozark Mornings. Mm-hmm. Mine is probably the smell of, if it were going to be me, it would probably be the smell of, I'm trying to think of like a habit I have or something that we're, you know, where you, if you walked in the room, you would go, ah, I think he's here. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, because you know, I don't want to do anything aspirational. I don't think a perfume should be aspirational. I think it should be like, pretty typical of what you actually are so i think mine would probably be the smell of like a respectable generic shower gel mixed with an apple that i'd eaten in the shower because i have a really (laughs) habit of just carrying apples into the shower with me and if you smelled that i think you would just go who else would do this so i think it would be the smell of like apples and shower gel i got i got questions you eat it without before you set it down like you set it down and come back to it like where does where, you have like an apple perch no like, you're just like we're working on it going into the shower okay right and then you just kind of put it on the tray right there okay. it's so not like a shower beer like it's not no okay okay it's not as intentional as that no like a shower beer is like a thing that you do this is just a habit gotcha yeah. And I think it's, I think it only got worse once I grew the beard because you go, Oh man, this apple's going to get all of my beard. Aha. <laughs> I can just carry it right into the shower. That's fair. I've That's had fair. a lot of things in the shower. I've never had an apple in the shower. Like that's, I'll, I'll add that to my list. I'll, I'll put it on the uh, to-do list. I yeah. guess. It keeps, <laughs> It keeps just fine. It's not like trying to eat, you know, a meringue in the shower. Be really, <laughs> that would be stupid. Uh, have you watched those videos where you put the apple underneath hot water and it melts off the wax layer? Yeah, I have. And I, I don't really know. I mean, it's cool. I don't know why you would do it. Obviously, because <laughs> I've been eating whatever garbage is on the outside of an apple for decades. Right. So why? Changing now, I'm like, what would this do? Digestively, <laughs> would my system just kind of reject it? <laughs> you we don't have an apple tree right? in our front yard, so yeah. Don't do um, that. you know, I sometimes eat the core as a stunt. It just doesn't. It doesn't taste bad. It's not terrible for you. It's just fiber, right? <laughs> if somebody would be freaked out by it, like I will do that in front of like my nephews and my kids. Some my kids are immune to it. You know, that was really like, oh, dad's eating the core again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know your nephews and nieces if you do that or you know friends kids you can do that my uh a guy i know danny chow who was a food writer for the ringer um and has moved on uh danny chow would eat the core every time without even really thinking of it so he would just like crank through it um that guy's like maybe the most formidable eater i've ever seen and he is like a slight probably 160 pound man at most and, you know, he would just like eat the, like just an awesome eater. Like just eat the whole core of the apple. And then you'd go to like a, he'd do, oh no, we'll go to this like Vietnamese restaurant. We'll eat, you know, we'll get iron pan goat there. So you go and get iron pan goat and he eats like two thirds of the plate himself. And then it's like, I don't know, do you want to get some like dessert? And then he gets that and he's like, I don't know, just, can we go get a bun? Let's just go get a bun. Um, 
but yeah, he's he's the king of like he's the king of eating the core of shit. I bet I bet that dude eats like stone fruit. I bet like he's like, hey, why wouldn't you eat the pit on a peach? What harm could it do? <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> you just got to ride it out. That's true. Uh, I'm going to be thinking for a very uncomfortable bowel movement, but that shit's not getting digested, I would assume. But sure. I mean, you know, can't, you don't have to get ready if you stay ready. <laughs> oh. Uh. Oh. What is the worst thing you've ever ate? Again, like, what's the worst thing that you've ever like put in your body? The worst thing. I mean, that's kind of a. I mean, it's a subjective question. I'm, I'm like, I traveled pretty extensively, so, um, but like, most of the things you eat are really good. You know, like, there's yeah. not a whole lot of bad. Well, what's the worst thing that like you thought was gonna be good, and then you ate it, and you're like, no, no, this is this is, this is bad. This is good. Okay, so. Like, if you have an example, Tammy, please, because I'll need a minute to think. So for me, this thing is blood pudding. Um, Every time I've gone for, you know, I had a boss that was super adventurous eater. So every time we travel, it was just, you know, go find a place where you don't speak the language and stand in line and point at things. Right. Um, We ended up with blood pudding one night and he loved it. And I, I just can't. There's just something about it that makes it not okay as much as I want to make it work. So, yeah, I love blood pudding. So I, I actually loved. Um, there was something they did, and um, I, I lived and worked for a year in uh, Taiwan, and there was a mm-hmm. thing that they did with blood and rice. So they would take like duck blood or pig blood, and they would just let it solidify around the rice so that you get like a cake, and then the cake, yeah, and then you could either grill the cake or you could fry it which that was a bit much um because you know it's like fat on fat it's got yeah. that state it's got that state fair thing going where you're just like this is unnecessary it's not bad it's just too right. much uh the thing that but but like or they put it in soup that's really good especially if it's cold like if it's below 50 degrees right your body's just happy to have like all of that good fat and hemoglobin but the worst thing i can remember eating was also taiwan um <laughs> Like, it's just absolutely butt-awful. I went to a bakery and bought what I thought was an innocent bun, like a nice little, you know, probably was filled. It cake? Yeah, it was, was going to be like a custard, right? And it was, uh, it was a lie because it was filled with a fibrous thing called, um, the Taiwanese word is rosong, but uh, rosong, which is like, hair it's like pork hair it's like dried it's awful it is the worst consistency it's like eating steel wool that tastes like pig and they'll oh that sounds awful yeah you can see some of it in if you go to street who's food. asking for who's asking for this food like who? Oh man, everyone, every, everyone in like southern Taiwan like loves this shit. Someone was like, "I'm gonna just get all this pork hair." Yeah. And we're going to make it in the, oh. Yeah, no, that, now generally, like, I found, I love the food there, right? Like, I'm, I haven't been too many places where I've just thought, you know, hey, generally the food sucks here. Like, as a country, <laughs> like, there's very few places <laughs> that I would go, no, nah, I'm passing on everything. Um, you know, like, pretty much the only country that satisfied that was the Philippines. I did not like a single thing I ate in the Philippines. Like, really? not, yeah, not one. I do not know. I do not know what it is. Um, and my Filipino friends are ashamed of me when I say that, but I have to just plead out on that and be like, yeah, I'm wrong. Your food. I do not like it. But, uh, Rosong is, if you want to go to uh, Netflix and fire up street food, I don't know if you've seen street food, the okay. series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I have the town I lived in is featured in that. It is the town in Taiwan. It is Jai. It is a hillbilly town. It is like in the documentary, I laughed because they refer to it as relatively untouched by Western civilization, which no, but yeah, no, like it's, it's kind of like the Tri-Cities area of Tennessee, but in Taiwan, it's kind of like Kingston. Love it. <laughs> kind of like Bristol. Yeah. So you, you say you travel a lot. Can you explain to me why? Because Emily's from Texas and Emily's from Boise. How like only breakfast pizzas in the Midwest? Because other places in this country have seen breakfast pizza, 
but mm-hmm. no one else makes it. Like, yeah. is it breakfast pizza by you? Can you go to your gas stations at breakfast pizza there? Absolutely not. It's just, Why? no, I don't know. Like, and I, I will tell you, like, I will tell you the idea. Kind Abby's of, shaking her head. She doesn't like breakfast pizza. She came to Ainsworth game last year and she didn't like it. I did not. I didn't think it was very good. That was one of my hot takes in sports and corks. I was like, no, hard pass. Sorry about it. What's on breakfast pizza? Whatever you want to put on it. You can do you can do gravy sauce, you can do cheese sauce, you can put bacon or sausage, like cheese, egg. It's egg, a meat, and either gravy or a cheese sauce on pizza. It's one of those things that individually the none of the ingredients really seem to appall me too much, but as a combination, it does seem like a lot. You know, but but in theory, I should just say like it should work. You know? It does work. It's amazing. I mean, I don't think most like we go too hard on breakfast. We really like as a nation, we go way too hard on breakfast. We really do. Like we have that English thing where we're just like, this is a punishment. And if you manage to make it through putting this much food in your stomach at seven thirty in the morning, you know, maybe you'll survive to lunch. Like we do everything. We do every meal way too hard, period. Like it's just it's just way too much. Nobody, I will tell you, nobody in the world does it. Nobody. Americans just, will go like, like, I don't know if you've had this experience post uh, college or as an adult, but if you go back to where you are from and eat with your family on that schedule, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to eat like that. It really is. I'm from the South and it is real hard to go home and eat three meals of that. <laughs> Especially with like certain members of my family and certain like families within my family. You just go, I, it would be different if it were like Italy where I'm like, ah, like I'm pretty sure this tomato came from a farm, you know, (laughs) and you've tried to kill me two meals a day. They'll try to kill you two meals a day. Like Italian breakfast is nothing. It's real minimal, right? Uh, Lunch and dinner can, can be an assault. But like, if you're just, if you're just doing the thing that I know some families do, because I, you know, I've eaten with them, where you go, man, you're gonna do like a bowl full of sugar in the morning, like like <laughs> 500 yep. calories of sugar in the morning, and then I'm gonna get a, a lunch out at the office, which is gonna be punishing. It's gonna be like 1,500 to 2,000 calories of like high grade factory food, and then I'm gonna come home, and you're gonna get a pizza and eat four slices of it. My God, how long do you expect to live? <laughs> You know, like and you want it, you want to, you want to die? Because I think you just die from like mileage. I just discovered like about four years ago, egg bakes in my family, my wife's family, mm-hmm. and like it's literally like twelve eggs, two kinds of meat, some veggies, a shit ton of cheese. Yeah, and it's making a casserole dish. And I'm like, you need you need fifteen people to eat this. No, no, we'll just eat on all day. It's fine. We'll, we'll cook it at eight, get out at nine, <laughs> and you know, if he wants one at eleven, it's still there. And I'm like, okay, cool. So no lunch. No, no, we're doing burgers at like twelve thirty. <laughs> it's a, no, I mean, like if it if if this seems normal to you, I'm just gonna tell you it's a lot. Like it, it's it's asking too much of your body. I said as somebody who really really likes to eat, but man, you gotta take one meal off. Like one meal is just a phone in. You know, take it. Do you know why the French have like a gigantic dinner that takes four hours because they need it. You know, like the rest of the meal, like people think France, they're just going to sit down and have lunch all day. No, man. Remember, they're like their their big lunch item is uh, a <laughs> big lunch item is a sandwich named after a lady. And the husband is uh, the sandwich with just ham. What is this? The croque monsieur and the croque madame. I've never yeah, heard like, of that. National, like, yeah, <laughs> the yep, national, yep. national sandwich of France. Tammy, have you had one? I I have not, but I've I read about it because I was thinking of traveling to France at one point. But yeah, no, now I mean so. it's like a very French thing in that you go, oh, it's French. You're like it's a ham and cheese sandwich, man. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's that's all this is. Uh, is it's just a ham and cheese sandwich. But the croque, the croque, uh, I'm sorry, the croque monsieur is the ham and cheese one. The croque madame, I believe, is just the ham. Just, yeah, which, just, which that's that's uh, I think there's a great tweet that's like you know I am the national sandwich of France I am a lady and my husband is the sandwich but with just ham like <laughs> you know no, no, uh, go to France. You gotta, but you, you gotta 
You got to take I one would meal. love to see you in Paris. They don't let Ted me leave Paris. the country. Like, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, man, no, like Francis, Francis, like, you got to understand Francis country. Like it is so country. They get like, they get farmers like blocking highways and strikes with tractors all the time. True. You know, there's like, once you get outside of Paris, like my favorite, there's a story about Eric Repair, who is, uh, you know, this like famous French chef who works in New York at La Bernadette. He's like a big seafood guy. Um, he's in a bunch of those uh, Tony Bourdain documentaries. And in it, uh, one time Bernard, he tells a story about wanting to get a pate recipe and his, his neighbor makes it. He said, I will only make this pate recipe and teach it to you, but you have to kill the pig with me. So like, what's more Iowa State than going out at 7 a.m. to get right. like, to get like an awesome hog spread recipe, right? Like, oh, I got to get that hog spread recipe. If you just translate it to American terms, a lot of this French stuff just sounds Midwestern or it sounds oh. <laughs> just super country, right? Which he did. And when asked about it, he goes, it was a horrible experience killing a pig. It was absolutely awful. And he's like, and it was worth it because the pate is incredible. It is still my yeah. favorite recipe. The first, the first uh, PGS tailgate was four years ago at the UNI Iowa State game. And you and I won because I would say can have happy things. And then I brought us an entire hog and they cooked it all fucking day. And like, it did not get done enough because, you know, we didn't give enough, like they put it in the ground and shit. And like, I was drunk and my friend's wife had to stop me from taking the table in the back of the trunk because it's just covered in hog blood. And she's like, if someone sees you with this tomorrow, you will go to jail. I go, it'll be fine. I just put the table in the back of the truck. Like, we got to come go in the game. And she's like, Ted. We have to wipe this down because you pull around the game tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. when you pick this back up with a bloody table in the truck. Questions will be asked. Like, what's going on? And like, yeah, yeah, we have roasted a whole hog. Did I like? I was like, it was a baby hog. I don't know, it was like 60 pounds. But yeah, up in Andrew, we don't we do things right, as you would know, because you uh, what's the uh, I can never pronounce the uh, Iowa State game as you El Asico? I can't El pronounce El Asico. Yeah, or on a six, six game losing streak on that. Yeah, my my like one of my favorite college rivalries ever because it brings out the worst in everybody. Like I've had people like I have a couple of good friends that are Oklahoma Sooner fans. I mean, they're Twitter friends, whatever. And they're like, they've never seen a more hateful rivalry. I mean, I'm sure Tammy and Emily can see it. It's like Iowa State fans fucking hate each other. Like, there's no pro. Oh, you guys are fascinating to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we we do not like each other. There's like no overlap. Like I, uh, I, uh, I was a Miami Dolphin fan, and then recently I was going. I, I switched from being a Dolphin fan because I got tired of them being mediocre, and I refuse to be a Vikings fan. There's too many fucking Hawkeye fans or Vikings fans, and I just can't. I can't handle it. I just, I can't handle root for the same team as a, a bunch of Hawkeye people. Like so, it's just the Bears, and <laughs> then they drafted Bootsy, and yeah, everyone. Like I, I don't. I hate Hawkeye. Like, is there like they get they they get real mad. When like so a lot of people get El Asico, more Iowa State fans, by the way, get El Asico than Iowa fans, because there are Iowa fans who have real. Delusion. Iowa fans don't have a sense of humor. Well, they 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 would like you to respect them first, and then they would like you to make fun of them, but they want you to admit that Iowa's, you know, something that is really good, and that's not kind of like I mean, yeah. You want to piss off Iowa fans? You bring up that Kansas State's the better version of them, and they get real upset real quick. Yeah, or that they're just like this close to being Nebraska, like modern Nebraska. They're this close. <laughs> they're one bad higher away. Yeah, like they, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like the truth is, is that most programs are one bad higher away from being Nebraska. Like there are very few programs that can make multiple bad hires and get away with it. And most of those teams are like the only conference that has more than one or two of those. Um, the conferences are at the Big Ten um, and the ACC and the SEC. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, I mean, you've seen USC is USC is awesome. USC has the greatest natural advantage of any uh, college football program in the world because they're in a beautiful city with an enormous population base that still plays football uh, with football counties all around them and uh, a lot of seriously attractive things. And they're private schools, so they can do. Uh, some things with admissions that public schools can't do, um, which I think you saw work the other way <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a non-football sense. 
But uh, by the way, notice like nobody got on the football team. Nobody got on the football nobody. team. Nobody. No, no, no. It was like, uh, you want to get on that water polo team? You want to <laughs> get on that? You want to get on that like women's tennis team? Okay. Okay. You want to get a men's tennis team? That's fine. Football? No. You look like crew <laughs> like even, even at USC. Nice crew, crew spuddy, you know? Yeah. Crew? Sure. Sure. They're like, I don't know. Maybe I can get on the practice squad. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> no, nobody. Like at USC, that's just like. That was the step too far. Like nobody's even going to mess with the practice squad at USC to get you on there for a resume line because USC still like old school legit cares about college football, and even they're like they're a bad hire away from not being good for potentially a long time because it's didn't happened. Just, didn't it's happened before. Hmm? From last year, like they just kept him their coach. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was more an institutional thing. Um, USC had. 8,000 other scandals going on <laughs> and being kind of okay at football, which I think is a fair estimate of their program at this point really was last on their list of priorities. And that says a lot about the problems USC experienced institutionally because football became a backseat issue and not a front seat issue because the front seat was crowded with all kinds of horrible things that got a lot of people fired at the university. So like, I think everybody... Love. Yeah, I think everybody got keeping Clay Helton. Like an admission scandal involving federal government coming in to investigate and prosecute a former member of the full house cast is yeah was not. All you gotta do the, is be better than like UCLA. That's all you gotta was, do with that job. Like like That's that wasn't right even then. the only that wasn't even the only problem they had. You know. <laughs> so, but if that's true, then you know where where does everyone else stand? You know, like in the SEC, there's really there's really very few, like most programs uh, don't even fit that bill. Alabama, Alabama's never, like idiots can win 10 at Alabama. Go back and look at some of their hires. Like, Maybe Texas A&M, always like just kind of there. No, nah, they're, they're like, year. they can, they can be real bad. <laughs> they can, they can. Now the thing on a, Texas A&M is that, you know, they always sort of had this restrictor plate on where if they win double digit games, just the next year is not going to happen, you know? Auburn, Auburn can be real bad. Auburn was bad two years after winning a national title. I mean, abysmally bad. Yeah, who is that coach? Gene Chizik. That's right. <laughs> Former Iowa State great. Five and, five and 19 at Iowa State and gets the Auburn job. Cam, Cam, like so many people owe Cam Newton money. So many people owe Cam Newton money. I'm assuming we got paid. I don't think not enough, <laughs> not enough. He could like, he, he could go to Gene Chizik and be like, I need, I need half. You're talking about like nut kicks. Oregon lost that game because the guy got tackled on top of an Oregon player. Mm-hmm. Auburn guy and then stood back up and ran 20 yards. Like I couldn't imagine having, I would say it was a game like that. Magnitude. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, I can. It's really fun to go. Michael Dyer was down around uh, <laughs> Auburn people. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um because now like Auburn people are now mostly in on their own joke, which is great. They weren't at the time, but now I think like internet fandom has caught up with everybody and they all get the Auburn jokes and kind of revel in them because there was no punishment for Cam Newton. There was no for right. you know, like that that sort of thing that I think in the eighties or nineties might that hammer that would have fallen. We just never did because nobody talks to the NCAA anymore. Nobody cares. The NCAA doesn't even want to prosecute those cases and can't. They're not the cops. You know, like people, people have figured this out that they're not the cops. And once that happened, it's over. It's it completely over. But like, I think, I think the programs that are never too far off from, from being good in the SEC and the Big Ten, it's like Ohio State. Ohio State's just never going to be far from bad. It's not going to happen. You know, Clem, uh, right now it's Clemson, but that wasn't the case for a long time in the ACC. And the SEC, like Florida's never too far from being good. Georgia's never too far from being good. Both of those programs can come up short a lot. But still, like, that's about, you know, that's about it. LSU, LSU, even then, though, by the way, LSU, bad for a long time. Like, bad to middling to unpredictable for a real long time prior to Nick Saban. And people forget that. So, what do you think about? All right, because Tammy, Tammy hates. I'm pretty sure Tammy hates Pac-12, and I'm not a big fan of Pac-12. They tried taking Texas and Oklahoma. 
and you're I jail. hate them right up until they send the invitation, and then I'm all in. Yeah. Well, well, they're going to send you the invitation when the Big 12 folks <laughs> and grabs his Arizona schools and takes West Virginia to the curb. Because that's going to happen. We'll see Colorado, you. Arizona schools are coming to the Big 12, and West Virginia can just go to the ACC or whatever the fuck a land conference over there. Those Mountaineers can still be home again. That's my dream, Spencer, is grab those Arizona schools, bring Colorado home, back to 12 schools, and let's have, let's have some fun. I want to say the Arizona thing can't happen, but then again, there's very little sort of rooting them to anything. If Arizona State moved up overnight and pulled a Indi- pulled like a Baltimore Colts thing, and you found out that Arizona State was now operating out of like I don't know Boise, like if they just pulled up to Boise and they're like, "Where is Arizona State in Boise?" You're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Tax breaks." I'm just gonna put this here. Like, you, you wouldn't be surprised, would you, if like Arizona State just pulled up and like. Like if they were like, yeah, we moved to Mexico. It's just cheaper down here. Our margins are better. <laughs> like, I would not be surprised if Arizona State did that. I wouldn't be surprised if, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona just went ahead and outsourced their football program and just said, yeah, our football program is now UTEP. We just, we just use them. They just do football for us. We subcontract it. <laughs> I just don't see the Arizona schools joining Midwest schools. I think they're too close to, I don't know, having that Western identity. Don't they share a border of Texas or am I just being drunk? Right. Well, I mean, isn't there New Mexico in between there somewhere? I mean, <laughs> Texas, yeah. Does New Mexico count? Also, also Texas, Texas is, as any sign will remind you, if you're on I-10 coming from uh, El Paso or Beaumont, Texas is uh, 746 miles wide. This is the first year since the Longhorn Network started that the Iowa State game at Texas will not be on the Longhorn Network, which is frustrating. Really? And I, yes, like because oh, it's like, good enough. Now we get to get the end of some shit. Yeah, I, I was. And by the way, there's another reason too, which is the Big Ten likes to get real snooty about its academics and Arizona. Yeah. Neither one of the Arizona. Well, they let Nebraska in, and Nebraska has shit academics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and they let Rutgers in. You know, <laughs> like I'm an asshole. I, I, but if the Big Ten came tomorrow, I was like, I would say, come on in. I'm like, boom, let's go, let's roll in. A Big Ten, listen, that, that Big Ten network money isn't going anywhere. That is all <laughs> yours. They don't have to share that with anybody. That is yours, buddy. And uh, it's it's that's that's steady. And that's the thing. If you go like, okay, well, what changed the dynamic? From a point where the Big Eight, which is essentially you know the Big Eight and the SWAC, which were you know the the Southwest Conference, not the you know Southwest Athletic Conference, um, those two were really dominant, right? Um, and then through the '90s, and then that dries up for the most part in the 2000s. And you go, well, what changed that? And you go, well, a couple of different like changes in recruiting rules really damage that the collapse of Nebraska as a football power really damaged that. But another thing that really changed it was TV money. I mean, big 10, you know, the first game may have been, and this is the best, uh, but their first game might've been Michigan app state. But after that, the big 10 becomes a professional conference for right. all intents and purposes. Thanks to the, infl- excuse me, the influx of that TV money. And that's the thing, like, I mean, Texas wouldn't share, like, Texas wouldn't share the, the rim of Nebraska, and then, you know, all that went downhill. But, so, what is, like, all right, I got to ask this question. You've been all around the country. Because every single place you've been to, or every single, like, region you've been because Iowa and Iowa State, like, a fan, always, like, bred by a cow, they cannot drink any other fan. Is that, like, a thing where, like, wherever you go, they think they're good, they're most, like, drinking fan? Like Boise, for example, or Florida, or so. You know. So, who were the actual champs? Is basically yeah, the question. I, 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 yeah, I apologize. Uh, yeah, the actual champs. Um, we gotta put you on the spot. So can, like, your no, the tomorrow. the actual champs are no the the actual champs really like. I think I am telling you that the actual champs are a region. And not a school, but if I had That's to pick fine. a if I had to pick a school on there, um, it's going to be Washington State. 
The, the winner is always Wazoo. Wazoo's the only group that can come drink Boise uh, Dry. <laughs> they know. I like, and it's the travel. It's that they they do that and they travel. So they will they will knock out every bar in their own city, but then they'll go on the road to bigger places. Like you could say, oh man, they drank Pullman Dry. Okay, well, they Pullman's, not, Pullman's they pretty small. Towards Iowa State, I was down there for them. They were, they were fun. Oh, they're delightful. Like, no, they're really, and they're my favorite kind of drunks. Like they're the Scottish soccer fans of (laughs) football and that their team isn't really good all the time that they have a really great attitude about it. That, um, like Scotland, I remember Scotland made like the 98 world cup and Scotland, their fans were, (laughs) they're just shots of them coming out of French grocery stores, just pushing shopping carts full of booze. Just yes. like, like piled, like bottles piled. And, and I thought, oh, that's going to be a problem. But like the town of Aix-en-Provence took out a full page ad in papers in, um, in, I believe, God, we're, we're in like several different Scottish papers. And they took out full page ads that said like, come back anytime you want. That's like, awesome. Like you, like they were like, you were drunk and you were absolutely insane and we loved you. You should come back. <laughs> because they weren't really violent. They were just like drunk and hilarious and like generally clean, like cleaner than like English fans were, right? And they didn't fight. Like Scottish right, fans right. were just, they were just happy to be there because Scotland wasn't supposed to qualify. That's Washington State. Washington State is just generally, like they don't have the misery of expectations. They come in and they're like, oh man, there's no telling what our team is going to do with this. We might win. We, we might lose in spectacular fashion. Who knows? When they came to Auburn, they really did literally drink Auburn dry. Like bars had to say, we have no more alcohol. It's done. When we were down in San Antonio some, some <laughs> with them, uh, we got like every bar we went to, like Coach Life was just gone like in two hours. And then the bartender would complain about how like Washington State fans and Iowa fans, Iowa State fans just like asking for Butch Life because we're a win cliche. But like, it was a mess. It was a sloppy, sloppy mess down. And then I was had nine false starts and lost to Washington State in the most heartbreaking fashion. So Iowa State does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Iowa State, like, I feel like they're not quite as sanguine. They're not quite as, like, jovial. Like, they're, they're definitely fun. But, like, I, I always felt like Washington State had this, like, esprit de corps. Like, they were always, like okay, we're Washington State fans. We have a rep to hold up, right? Um, Iowa State fans will be like, we have a rep to hold up. And sometimes we actually get upset and burn things, you know? Like, <laughs> like that. We're the that, angry, angry goth kids of the Big 12. Right. Like, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's a different kind of sunless uh, inland feel, right? Like it's a little, <laughs> I think maybe the weed just takes the edge off of Wazoo because that's another thing is that you'll just, both times I hung out with Washington state fans that just ended up with edibles in my pocket. I didn't even ask for any. (laughs) It's like Uh, there's, there's a Pacific Northwest vibe that just has a degree of chill to it that the football only kind of cuts, right? (laughs) Like, like football in the Midwest is is something serious and there's not a whole lot of other uh, things like, Hey, you could just be outdoors fishing, man. Be cool. (laughs) But like people in Washington, you know, um, as long as you're not, you know, as long as you don't ask them about like, you know, hey, man, what about federal land rights and farmers? Like, as long as you don't ask them about that, you're generally okay. Are you a big, like, uh, go ahead, Tammy, it's all you. I was going to say, I feel like the Vandal fans just across the border are the darkness of the WSU, <laughs> like, that whole thing. Like they're, they have none of that pride or any of that. They're just drunk. And yeah, mad. I, 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 think, I think Boise is like, like if you're doing like the family tree of college football fan bases and cultures, <laughs> um, you know, Boise state and, and Washington state are kind of, they're co-evolved, but they're not necessarily like, you know, they're not necessarily <laughs> no, identical. We're not the same. Like, I don't know. It, it's not the same thing, but we, we have the, both have an anti-vandal bias that we share. Yeah. So that seems to help. Like, um, I, I will say that like most underrated in terms of like tolerance is, is Boise state. Like that's not, that's like not at all in dispute. Like to me, Boise state was the place that like I got sideswiped hardest just hanging out. Um, so they have the champs for that. And then uh, in terms of like overrated in terms of people who really don't party that hard. Oh, I'm nope. here for this. 
nobody at the University of Georgia actually knows how to drink or party or handle their liquor. <laughs> they're all no just idea. no, they're all just a bunch of like really, they're just all a bunch of people who can't like they only do this on the weekend, right? So they just wow. go and they get so they just go and they get riff shit and they get real sloppy and they're not actually very good at it. Right. <laughs> they don't they do they don't know how to act. You know, like yeah. you, you'll just look over and see an accountant who's like 50 just doing something that a person should not do. And they don't clean up their own, they don't clean up their own campus and they don't want to, you know, like they, they feel guilty about it and they don't want their pastor to see them drinking. And it's very dispiriting. You know, when you go the, uh, the rich kid that comes to the house party that's an asshole and leaves uh, like public camp the next morning. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, like, honestly, when you go to a Georgia game, it's like watching dad get drunk. If your dad doesn't get drunk, that, <laughs> like if your dad doesn't get drunk that often, that's it, you know? <laughs> Like the guys who tell the same three bad jokes over and over again, Georgia fans are that when they're 22, right? And they're already wearing the shoes, wow. right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that, you know, like not even like the, like, you know, it's like the, Hey, so Churchill tells the lady, you know, <laughs> I'll be sober in the morning, but you'll be ugly your whole life. You know, like that's, yeah, I heard that one. Like there's a lot of there's a lot I've of that. I've always been told that I don't dress good enough to go tailgate in SCC school. I'm like a t-shirt and cargo shorts, which we discussed earlier. No, like, no, I'm that's a drunk guy. And everyone knows like in polos and like nice slacks and game shirts and shit. No, that's a lie. <laughs> like, good. All, all you need to do is dress like a toddler. Remember, most <laughs> most SEC fans dress like a toddler on picture day. <laughs> most like that's just go out and look it's a bunch of grown men dressed up like toddlers on picture day i've told grown men this at tailgates by the way like <laughs> looking like this it's really great to walk up and be like y'all all look like toddlers on picture day and they're like ah, that's funny we do <laughs> it's the second that's the second funniest thing that somebody has told me at a tailgate just randomly the first being at an lsu tailgate when um when we were gonna have a kid and there's an LSU fan sitting next to me who I do not know, who's just talking to me and asking me about my family. He goes, well, are you actually going to have a baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got a lip in and he's like, oh, that's cool. You know, and this is a guy has got like, I think he's got like three kids and he goes, you know what's cool? I was like, what? And he goes, and pregnant chicks like to do it. <laughs> I've never wanted to go to an LSU game before. <laughs> just go. like with the lip in, and he's got like he's got like hunting camo on. And he's like, "Oh man, that's cool. You can have a baby." And pregnant chicks like to do it. And at the time, I just kind of have to soak it in. Like, I don't know how laughing's going to affect this conversation. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're you're like a guy hunting camo and a goatee with a lip in. I don't know how it's gonna go, so I'm just gonna. Yeah. You put your phone. You're like, oh, I gotta take this call. I mean, that means important. You know, like it's the, clo- it's the closest I've ever come to the actual office space. Like two chicks at the same time conversation. That's the closest. <laughs> it is the closest I've ever come to that because this dude was real close to Lawrence, and he's like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I love that guy. If he's somehow That's listening, amazing. if he's somehow listening to this, call me. We'll hang out. <laughs> so, and I know you're a busy guy, and it's been kind of like I'm going to ask you the question we always lead off. You we're not on that drunk podcast with. If Buck Brown shows up in a DeLorean at your front door, and I, I'm just going to assume it was Buck Brown. Is because we've had people on the podcast that like just stare at me like I'm an idiot. And he tells you that you can change one sporting moment, like not an outcome. Not a score, but like a singular moment in a sporting event. What do you change? Hmm. I would keep Darnell Dockett from twisting Ernest Graham's leg in 2001 so that Steve Spurrier's last great Florida team manages to get a shot at a national title. I think we would have gotten killed in that game anyway, but I still want the shot. And I think Ernest Graham like was really affected by that injury, you know? I'm not mad at Darnell Tockett. I would just change it. You know, the other one is to say, the other one is to say, I would stop nine 11. So we didn't have to play Tennessee at the end of the season. <laughs> I mean, obviously for, obviously for other reasons, that's like reason 987 down on the list. I want to be real certain on that, but as long as we're going in, you know, like it's like this big omnibus bill and in, in Congress, when you're like, here's a really great thing. And we're going to do this awesome thing. And then like somebody puts a rider in there, like, 
by the way, I need $5,000 for my pork project, right? Like right. reason 987 is like, yeah, we should totally go back in time and stop 911. 911 made Iowa and Iowa State play for the final game of the season. They played in November that year. Yeah, which it, that was bizarre. It should, it should happen every year. I'm I'm king. Like that game could happen in negative degree weather with snow on the ground. Like make it happen. Yeah, and I only say that because I would say it's getting better as the year goes on. They're Campbell and they're shitty. Beginning year because Campbell doesn't throw risk because Campbell. But so Emily or Emily, do you have anything else? Just like ask Spencer. I thought we kept him an hour and. <laughs> Her old producer would always be like, "You have to have an hour conversation, or no one, no one's listening." So, um, I'm good, but Spencer, I did want to thank you for jumping on with us. Um, I know it ended up being last minute, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> just so right. clear, really good talking to you. When Austin listens to this later, that the, the last second email is what what got you here. Yeah, he no, it's that's so. His name is Austin Narber. If you want to talk shit about Austin Narber, anything. Tell me Austin Narver's biggest insult about Austin Narver right now, and he'll fucking love it. Oh, okay. I'm chance. not. I'm not going to wear that. I'm having a Tennessee hat, but I'm not. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a No, no, no. I'll, I'll wear. I'll, I'll wear this one. The, 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 WV, yes. the WVU hat. That's much better. Or just say hi to him. Like he is your guys' biggest fan, and he can make it tonight. So it's like, just shout out to him or insult him. I once saw a guy get so drunk, he disappeared, and then he told me that he was scalping tickets, and that's why he wasn't answering his cell phone for three and a half hours. Well, <laughs> shit, no, but seriously, shouts out to him, because that totally worked. Like, we had a whole, like, hit a hashtag for Richard because he just vanished. You know, Applebot <laughs> has that happen. But I do appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Tammy reviewed your book for our website big fan we love how much you love jack trice being an state fan we love everything we love the uh the moon crew thing i'm a subscriber just keep it up man you're fucking amazing oh hey no thanks and y'all are great this was extremely fun i mean and i say that like it's 11 53 eastern like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't didn't even notice that and if you're an old bastard like me like you know that's that's a compliment because usually i'm like ah, that sounded pretty good Yep, yep. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. You have a All great right, y'all. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.